Welcome back to the Music Matters Media Podcast. I am your host, Lisa. And I'm Eric. And today we are going to be talking about Halsey's third record called Manic. There's definitely so much to unpack here, so much to say. So let's just go ahead and get started with this, man. I couldn't agree more, Eric. What a ride this album was what an experience this album was so much to talk about here but as you know as always we have our top three international countries that we have to get to first so are you ready to dive in to our top three this week ready okay actually eric our top three has become a top four this week because we have two countries that tied for our number three spot wow that's actually pretty rare so this is really interesting at number three germany and the philippines wow that is awesome that is so cool congratulations guys and this really shows the level of dedication of our listeners being tied i mean i know it's a rare occurrence but you know whenever something like this happens it just really shows how much our fans Really appreciate the show, and we can't thank you enough for it. Shout out to our fans in Germany, and shout out to our fans in the Philippines. I cannot believe they tied for our third spot in our top three. What an achievement. Exactly what you said shows nothing but the utmost dedication. So we appreciate both countries, Germany and the Philippines. Shout out to you guys. Now, moving forward, we have our number two spot this week, which is Mexico. Nice. Mexico, always loyal. And climbing all the way to the top to take our top spot this week, we have Brazil. Nice. Another loyal contestant. Thank you guys all so much. So there you have it, you guys. That is our top three for this week. At our third spot, we have Germany and the Philippines tied for number three. Coming in at number two, we have Mexico. And coming in all the way at number one, we have Brazil. Shout out to every single country that made our list and every country in general that takes the time to click play and listen to this show. We would not be here if it wasn't for you guys and we cannot thank you enough for your undying support of the music matters media podcast very well said i couldn't have said that better myself and i 100 percent agree you guys are the reason why we do this you know um we live and breathe the music we constantly talk about it there's not a single day we don't 
And the fact that we get to, you know, not only do that in this capacity, but that we get but to... But people appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we get to do it with <laughs> all of you. I mean... Mind blown. What's What's better than that? I will never wake up and not be grateful for the community that has been built around this show and everything that Music Matters Media stands for as a company. So thank you guys so much. I will eternally be grateful for your support. And as always, if you did not make our top spot this week, have no fear. You can make it next week or any week after that. All you have to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with any loved ones you may have, and we could be shouting you out next. So as you guys have learned from the intro, today we're going to be discussing Halsey's third album titled Manic. It was released January 17th. It has a total of 16 songs and clocks in just under 48 minutes long. Eric, I need to know on your end, going into this album, were you expecting anything from listening to this album as a whole? I know that you've heard certain songs, certain singles independently. So how did that come into play and how did that change your perspective when you listen to them in the project? I definitely want to know your thoughts as a whole and what are some tracks that stood out to you? I want to know it all, man. So just as with the last album that we reviewed by Selena Gomez, check that episode out, please. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Good plug, good plug. You're Uh, getting good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hey, you take the opportunity when you can. Um, Yeah, just as with the last album, I had no real frame of reference with Halsey. I have a very good friend who is big into Halsey, and he's always sending me stuff, always sending me songs. And so a couple of weeks ago, he sent me the song Graveyard, and I really fell in love with it. And I really loved the beat of it, the lyrics of it, especially. And it was something different than the previous singles I've heard by Halsey. Again, I don't have much of a frame of reference, but I, I do know some songs, so I had more or less an idea of what her sound was like prior to this album. But again, you know, Graveyard presented something different, and I really liked it. So I figured... If I liked what I heard on Graveyard, hopefully I would like what I would eventually hear on this album, Manic. Now, going into this album, I had no real expectations. I don't really, well, prior to listening to this album, I really had no idea what Halsey's, you know, signature sound was. I just knew that, you know, sometimes her sound could be one thing, other times it could be another. What I did know was that she had a killer voice. And... I relied on the strength of that to be like, this album, at the very least, is going to have some awesome singing by her, for sure. And I know that she's also a very emotive lyricist, for sure. So I I can count on those two things to be present on this new record, her singing and her emotive lyrics. Now, having listened to everything, I can totally put this album again, put it up there with Selena's latest album put it up there with paramours after laughter because you know when we're consuming you know their art we don't really think about that we just think about the stuff that's being said to us and we're like yeah this relates to me it's so spot on we don't really think about how that relates to them and what it took for them to create that so i love that the focus 
of these albums is being put towards something that definitely deserves way more attention than it gets. It's so wild because when people become famous, we dehumanize them and we put them on this pedestal and we forget that they go through things just as much as we go through things, if not more, like you said, because of their fame and because of the positions that they get put in because of them being in the industry in one way or another. So as far as this album is concerned, it is one of the more raw pieces of music as a whole that I think I've ever consumed. I've been listening to Halsey since she released Badlands. That was back in 2015. Then she released Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. And that was in 2017. And then now we have the release here of Manic in 2020. And I can wholeheartedly say that I believe that this is her best album yet. It has a little bit of everything. And yet cohesively it just works so well together that there are no two songs in the same vein uh, stylistically and production wise but as a story that is being told throughout it is just such a beautiful piece of music and I think that this album is going to be one of those standout albums years from now in her discography that people are going to look back on and be like, yeah, this was the game changer. Absolutely. And if anything, one thing that I, one thing that really became clear about this album, it's really just Halsey trying to tell the world, you know, this is what I'm like. It's not pretty, you know, it, it's painful. It can be difficult. And, you know, I know that I'm the one that has to deal with that. But at the same time, all I want is for you guys to know the real me, warts and all. And I really just want you to take it for what it is, you know. And there's a lot of themes on here that, you know, I look at them, it's who hasn't related to them. Like, for example, the song 3AM. You know, sometimes our actions are just motivated by, you know, deeply rooted you know, things that we have. And so our actions are just a manifestation of that. And the lyrics to 3AM, you know, I mean, they're, they're very powerful, but I love, they do a great job of just explaining, you know, why sometimes we engage in the risky behaviors that we do. It's not necessarily because we get a thrill out of it. It's just our only way to cope. 3AM is definitely a standout track on this record for sure it was one of those tracks that i listened to and immediately had to put it on a loop and listen to it again and you know when a song impacts you to that extent that even before it's actually over that you already know like yep i'm clicking replay yes i need to i need to listen to this again i need to fully take every single bit of it in. I do love the fact that you have the John Mayer voicemail at the end of the song. I think that was great for a transition for it to go to uh, from one emotion to another. If you think about it from 3 a.m. to without me and you have that John Mayer voicemail because if you I don't know if people have taken the time to think about this, right? But you have a song like 3AM with everything that you just said about it, because I think you said it perfectly, right? And then you have the John Mayer 
voicemail, which is basically him congratulating her, saying, you have a huge hit on the radio right now. Not everybody can say that their biggest song is currently being played on the radio, and it's just going to get bigger. Congratulations. How that is happening, right, on the outside, but 3 a.m. is really how she's feeling on the inside. And that whole juxtaposition of, you know, we as the consumers, as the listeners, think that she's on top of the world right now because she has a record out that potentially can completely change her career for the better. I mean, it was one of her biggest records yet. If not, I think it was the, her biggest. I'm pretty sure it is her biggest record yet. Um, but at the same time, her internal struggle and in her personal life she's going through something completely different than how we perceive it on the other end of that yeah and i love that you bring that up about the conflict she feels about something like that the success of your work versus how you really feel inside you know you could be living your moment and you know being successful and getting you know all of these accolades but on the inside that stuff may be the furthest thing from your mind because there's something else that's weighing you down and even with the song i hate everyone i love that i love the conflicting points of view yes you know and and that's exactly how some people feel you know they're like i want people to pay attention to me but at the same time i can't stand anyone to be near me right now and that really comes across and i think we've all felt that way where some days we want people to empathize with us, we want them to understand our problems, but then we're just like, well, you know what, they wouldn't understand anyway, so, you know, out of my way, stay away from me. I have a little bit of a different take on it. I want to get your point of view on this take on it. I think I Hate Everybody is really just a person being guarded with people and having that wall up pretty much saying like I got this on my own I don't need anybody else you know and but then internally feeling lonely feeling afraid feeling that they truly do want that human connection and I really think that when I listen to the song I hate everybody I think it's her having her walls up and being guarded and her coming across that way of I don't need anybody, and I got this on my own. But really, when those walls come down, you get to see her for who she really is and, and how she actually does desire that human connection because there are lines in the song. I mean, basically the chorus saying, I hate everybody, but maybe I don't. And then you have a similar song on the album called Clementine where the chorus is, I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone. I just need everyone and then some. And pretty much in the same vein of I hate everybody, the way that I listen to these songs and the way that I wrap my head around the lyrics was her being extremely guarded and having this front internally they have that contrast and they feel the exact opposite where they're just waiting for the right person to come along and break down those walls that they have built up to see that they actually really do care it's actually funny because it's like the same concept of somebody walking around saying i don't care i don't care i don't care and the more that they say it, the less that you believe it. 
because, you know, if they actually didn't care, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be such a cry for help and they wouldn't have the need to constantly express that. Whereas by somebody walking around saying, I don't care about that, I don't care, I don't care, you know that deep down they absolutely 100% do care. And that's how I feel when I listen to both of those songs. I'm really into both of those songs as well. Those are definitely standouts on this album. Absolutely. I didn't think about that in that particular song, but that's definitely the theme I got for the entire album, where she's this person that wants to come off as someone that's very resilient, very strong, very well put together. But at the same time, she's walking through life hoping that somebody will be curious enough to penetrate those walls and find out what's really underneath. And I love how throughout the album, she deconstructs herself as you go throughout the entire album on each song. Like you said, it tackles a different issue or a different connection that you can feel towards her. Because listening through through this entire album, I just felt like it was so relatable and there wasn't anything on there that you couldn't that a person couldn't grab and take something away from him and be like wow yeah she really understands me she really gets it yeah and i just commend her level of honesty on a lot of these lyrics it hurt even me to hear some of this stuff you know not because i was trying to place myself in the shoes of whoever she was directing the songs at but it hurt because i would imagine myself having to say something like that you know, and sometimes bringing yourself to say something that you've always wanted to say or that you weren't sure how to say can be very difficult in and of itself. But then to actually, you know, hear yourself say that and to really have that power, that's that's a big thing. And so listening to some of these lyrics, you know, I'm I'm just really amazed by her level of honesty. And I also want to talk about the arrangement of these songs because normally I'm not a huge fan of interludes but these interludes just work so well within the context of the album and one of the things I also can't stand a pet peeve of mine is when people just throw a bunch of random features on there just to bring up the the value of people being interested in the project and just to get more streams or radio play or what have you it really bothers me if it doesn't make sense, but I think every single feature is an asset to this album, and on these interludes, it just really creates and adds to the story that Halsey is trying to portray in each song. I totally agree, especially as it pertains to the features. You know, if there's something that I can't stand, it's to be excited to have a specific artist on a song and have them be relegated to either just a chorus or a specific loop or something. So I think that that's definitely one thing this album does get right. It makes effective use of the guests, and it puts them on equal footing with Halsey. As for the interludes, that's also true. I like that the interludes are not just simply some spoken word or just a bunch of sound Throw effects. Throwaway tracks, yeah. Yeah, they're actual songs in and of themselves. And they really help make the transition from one emotion to the next. Yeah, they help move things along. And I just like the fact that when you listen to this album front to back, even though it's 16 songs long and almost an hour, it does not feel that way because it just feels so seamless throughout. 
Yeah, and one thing I also want to talk about is uh, the different vocal stylings that she has on this album. Like, yes, we all know she's a fantastic singer, has great control over her voice, has great power over her voice, and that really comes across. But I also love, the, I don't know if you think, uh, if you agree with me on this, but I love the childlike quality in some yes. of her songs. Yes, You know, um, it's so... I don't really know what the what the correct term would even be, but um, you know, some songs it really sounds like they're um, nursery rhymes almost because of you know the childlike quality of her voice. It's almost like she's you know interjecting adult themes to children's music, and that just makes it sometimes it makes it all the more depressing. But it works in such a way where you all you want to do is go up to her and give her a hug because you're just like <laughs> you're just like oh, I I understand you you know I I get what you're going through you know and it's just really mind-blowing how she makes great use of those different vocal styles to fit the different songs because that can be pretty difficult to you know in- incorporate a different style of vocal and you know have it match the music What I love about Halsey is she has her own signature sound. You know when it's Halsey that's playing on the radio. She has such a distinct voice that separates her from most pop musicians today. And also what I love that she does on this album is she's so completely versatile and she really does go out of her way to make sure that no two songs sound the same in the way that they're sung and in the way that they're produced. And that just makes it all the more exciting when you're listening to this album. It feels like you're listening to some of these songs for the first time all over again. Yeah. And as for the lyrical matter, like I said, you know, it's, it ranges from stuff that's very tragic to stuff that's also very empowering. But the focus is always on her well-being, wherever that may be. I also love that, you know, like like you said, it, it's like she's she's in a room with people, but they don't really see her. At least she doesn't feel that way. And she definitely makes that known in one of the songs where, you know, um, she talks about constantly destroying the various relationships she's in. And also just presenting herself as this artist who's successful, who has money, who has fame. And, you know, despite the fact that the audience directly engages with her when she's on a stage, they still don't know who she really is. And again, you know, that just really points to the importance of the overall themes on this album. And I just love that she really just paints a different perspective for her listeners, you know. It's not just I'm having these problems, you know, feel sorry for me because you can easily make an album just like that. It's more, you know, I understand that there are some things in my past that I've done. You might not agree with them. This is why, you know, this is me unfiltered. It's her unfiltered and it's what has shaped her into the person that she is today. She wants you to know her journey. She wants you to know her inside and out. And she not only puts herself and deconstructs herself and she puts everything on the line, but people are connecting to it. 
People are connecting to this music. People are connecting to these songs. There's a reason why Without Me was the number one song on the radio for the longest time into in 2018 going into 2019 because people can feel that and understand that and have been there. So by her putting her raw emotions and being vulnerable and just exposing herself for who she truly is, is in turn helping thousands of other people who are listening to her music, whether they are diehard fans or just somebody who happened to turn the radio station on at the right time and hear that song and needed to hear that. Yeah, and I think maybe one of my favorite things she does lyrically is not only does she talk about the things that are weighing her down, but she also gives us uh, just a snapshot into what it's like to be her on any given day as an artist. You know, having to deal with fame, having to deal with the negative things that they spread about you and constantly having to worry about, you know, what they're going to say, you know, you know, having that be the first thing you think about when you wake up. You know, she really puts it in perspective what it's like to be in her shoes and to be an artist. And, you know, I, I love that she's willing to go there and really take it to to that point because, you know, it, it's difficult to say all of that stuff, let alone on a record. And, you know, the fact that she's just, you know, really giving the audience a taste of what it's like to be Halsey. You know, because this album does start out with her first name, Ashley. And, you know, by the end, to basically tell them this is what Halsey is really like. You know, it's a it's a powerful statement. And, and I love that she's willing to do that because I feel like that's something that a lot of artists are really guarded about. You know, really just letting the listener take a walk in their shoes. And as you said earlier, I think the best way to describe this album, if I can only pick one word to describe this album, is honest. You said that earlier, and it really is something that, like you said, not a lot of artists are willing to put themselves on the line like that and really put themselves in the line of fire because you don't know how people are going to be uh, on the other end. You don't know how they're going to receive those messages and if they're going to be receptive to it or not. But I think in her case, it was more so of something that just needed to be let out. Yeah, and whenever an album like this comes up, it's 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 really just tapping into that darkness that we carry within ourselves. That it just makes for some quality music. But the I guess the challenge would be to just know how to maneuver that in the process, you know, because, you know, people talk about self-care about all, all that time, you know, people talk about self-care. And when we think about self-care, sometimes we're like, oh, well, you know, I'll treat myself to something or I'll do this or I'll do that. But real self-care involves confronting the things that are uncomfortable, confronting the things that we would rather bury deep down. And so even making an album like this, is self-care because you know it's you're yes you're doing something you love through music but at the same time you're willing to go there absolutely that's the hardest thing that we have to face as individuals is confronting our own demons and taking some responsibility and being self-aware of the toxic traits just as much as the good traits that we all have and 
like you said earlier, it's hard enough to come to those conclusions in private, in your own personal life, on your own, let alone belt them out on a record for the public to hear and to do what they wish with that information. Yeah, and listen, it's it's very easy to make an album about the top 10 things that bother you in any given situation and to point the finger. It's so easy to be like, oh, this was the cause of this or he or she was the cause of that and do that for the entire album. Not saying that it won't be a great album because I'm sure it would be, but that's just one side of it. It's much harder to do what Halsey did and self-reflect. Yes. Self-reflect and be like, yes, this hurt me, but part of it had to do with me as well. And I really have to respect anybody that does that. Being accountable for your actions is a very rare trait that people have these days. Like you said, it is so much easier to point the finger and blame everybody else and blame the world for your problems. And it's so much harder to look inward into how you contribute to your own self-destruction. Yeah. And, you know, talking about this reminds me of, you know, Drake as well. Uh, please also check out the Scorpion episode. My boy Drake. <laughs> uh, you know, where he where he talks about the fact that he, yes, he hid his baby from the world, but he didn't do it because he was ashamed. He did it to protect his baby. So he did the same thing. He took something that everybody blew out of proportion and he held himself accountable for it. And to do that, especially through your music, really takes you know, dedication and it takes power to do that. And you know, Eric, it also weirdly reminds me, I'm throwing it back right now. It reminds me of eight mile that scene with Eminem and he's battle rapping against Papa doc. And before Papa doc can come at Eminem about all of his faults, Eminem lays them all out in front of him and basically quote unquote clowns himself, basically taking that power away from anybody else to do it because he's there owning his own personal struggles. Yeah, like he said in that movie, you know, F this battle, I don't want to win, I'm outie. Here, tell these people something they don't know about me. Exactly, and that is what Halsey did on this entire record. She owned every part of her life, whether that be for better or worse. When it came to relationships, when it comes to self-doubt, when it comes to the music industry, when it comes to her sexuality, she really touched upon every single aspect of her life on this record. And there wasn't a thing where she didn't take responsibility for her own actions. And the self-awareness really, and the honesty is what makes this album shine and what makes this album really separate itself from her previous albums. Not to say that she hasn't always been an open book and a raw and vulnerable artist, because I believe personally that she has, but this is unlike anything we've ever heard before from her from beginning to end. And I truly do believe i know i said this earlier but i have to reinstate this i truly do believe that this is going to be a record years from now when you look back in her career that this was the game changing record not only because she had smash singles like without me that changed her career and the trajectory of it but just because as a whole i really do believe that this is the turning point for her 
I guess if anything, the overall message of this album is, you know, I'm not perfect. I've been through so much in my, you know, quarter of a lifetime on this earth. I'm working on it. Please bear with me. But also to say I'm unapologetically me. Absolutely. Because that would be the main takeaway, you know. She not once does she apologize for who she is or make excuses for who she is. And, you know, she just wants the world to know that, you know, this is me, take it or leave it. But just please, you know, hear me out. So, Eric, with all that being said, we have gotten to my favorite part of these episodes. We are heading into some extremely difficult territory here because it was tremendously hard to narrow it down, but we do it. We got to do it. We have always done it. We got to do a top five favorites from this album. But as always, before we get into that, I like to get the negative out of the way first. So, if you had to pick one least favorite off of Manic, Eric, what is your least favorite and why? So, I feel like we're going to have definitely different lists this time. Last time, I was kind of overlapped <laughs> a bit, which is cool to see. But uh, this time, I, I feel like it's anybody's guess, especially there being 16 songs. That's true. Um, Again, I'm sorry if this hurts you. Uh, my least favorite song on this album was actually Ashley. Really? Okay. Yeah. And yeah. why Why was it your least favorite song? I just feel like for an intro to an album, you know, the lyrics were a bit underwhelming for me. I wish that maybe they would have been more specific, but I guess maybe they were a bit too general for me. You know, I feel like compared to the rest of the lyrics on this album, this one just was kind of a miss for me. Also, that that very high-pitched, almost chipmunked uh, loop that they've got in the beginning, uh, you know, I kind of felt like that was redundant because I feel like there's a lot of songs that use that specific element today. And hearing it again on this album, I was like, that wasn't necessary. But that's just my take on it. It's still a great song, but lyrically, I wish it could have done more for me. It's one that though that flies more under the radar compared to the rest of the material on here. That's for sure. Yeah, it's not a song that instantly made a statement and, you know, made me be like, wow, what a, you know, powerful message that she's giving. Now, how about you? What's your least favorite? My least favorite would be forever in parentheses is a long time. And the reason why I chose that as my least favorite is because within the context of the album, it makes sense. To me, it's a transitional song. It's not an interlude on this album, which kind of is a head scratcher for me because it feels more like an interlude than some of the interludes on this album, to be honest with you. But I think if you were to lift this song and listen to it individually, not in the context of the album, you would come to find that there's just a lot going on throughout the song. It really feels like three different songs in one. So it's disjointed to you. Yes. I can, to I can totally see that. I felt that as well. You know, not, not to the point where I felt that it was better off as an interlude or something like that, but... You are definitely right that it is a little weird that the interludes feel more like fleshed out songs than this one. 
you know? Felt like an interlude to me. I don't know. That's why I chose it as my least favorite, not because it's a bad song, because I think that it does help push the story along in the album. But I think if I were to just put this on a playlist randomly with other songs and it, it were to just come up and I would listen to it independently, it just wouldn't make as much sense to me. And that is why it's my least favorite. Makes sense. I think that's a reasonable choice. Okay, Eric. So now is the exciting part. We are heading into top five territory. You are right. There is just so much material on this album that is going to be really interesting. If we do have some overlappage, if we don't, well, we're about to find out right now. Eric, what is your number five? What took your number five spot and why? So my number five spot would be Clementine because... Wait a minute. What? Time out. Are you being serious? Yeah, I'm being very serious. Well, I guess we're both going to talk about it then because Clementine made my number five spot wow, as very nice. well. Just a friendly reminder, we don't plan this. Everything that we talk about on air is 100% in the moment. So the fact that this happens, and I'm seeing that it happens quite a lot, not all the time, but... You know, maybe for like if we do 10 episodes, like five out of 10 will coincide on some of our choices. And wow, we're already matching and it's only five. And it's only five. Yes, I would also like to say that we do our list independently from each other. Of course, Eric listens to the albums on his own. I listen to them on my own time. And then we get in a room together and go through our lists but we have no prior knowledge of who picked what that is a complete surprise until we hit record and then get each other's initial reactions so this is really cool to start off like this number five clementine for the both of us name some reasons why you chose this song i really love the dreamlike quality to i love the piano to it as well i just Love the childlike quality of it. Yes. It's very almost nursery rhyme-like, you know, borders on that. The, the, you know, piano, the way she sings, the way she shouts like a little kid would whenever, you know, he or she is upset at something. You know, it's a very raw song, but without it being too over the top, if that makes sense. When you mentioned the childlike quality earlier... Without disclosing the name of the song, I knew automatically that you were going for this song. And uh, I completely agree with that 100%. I just loved the dialogue within the song where she has that contrast and she has that inner conflict between herself, what she portrays versus how she actually feels inside. And I love how she uses her inner voice as this childlike monologue throughout the song. And I know maybe for some listeners, it could turn them off and be unappealing. But for me personally, it's very endearing. And it's very much a high replay factor song for me. Me too. All right. So we tied for five. So five. Go listen to Clementine for yes. five. So my number four would be You Should Be Sad. Great song. And it's a very powerful song because of the subject matter. I mean, you know, she really makes the person she's talking to confront the truth. You know, she really puts it out there for him. And it's almost like a smack in the face when you when you listen to it. 
You know, she just performed it at uh, SNL. I don't know if you saw that recently. With the Adam Driver as the host. So you did watch it. I did not, unfortunately. Oh, not yet. Man. I have it DVR'd, so I will definitely go watch that. But I knew she was performing. You're in for a treat because she sounds exactly like she does on the records. And I thought her performance on SNL was great. And it was everything that I thought it would be while listening to this song. The song, when you listen to it, it has that undertone of a country twang. And she really brings that to life in the best way possible during her performance at SNL. So for those who haven't seen it yet, go watch it. Eric, go watch it and report back. Absolutely. (laughs) And what is your number four? My number four would be Graveyard. Nice. That is awesome. And I chose Graveyard because of the fact that it is just so relatable. These lyrics, you listen to this song and who hasn't been through this and who hasn't felt that way at one point or another. Plus, it is just so catchy. The replay factor is extremely high. I love the production. I love the way she sounds on the track. Lyrically, I love it. There's not a thing that I don't love about this song. It's crazy that I thought going into this record because this song was one of her singles prior to the record releasing, I thought that this was going to be either my number one or number two spot. And for it to be four on my top five just goes to show you the amount of phenomenal material that she has on this record really shows because I could have sworn that this was going to be higher on my list. I'm glad it still made my list, but that just goes to show that there's a lot of really great material on here. Yeah, and that's always the best when you have uh, so much material and all of it is good. It's not, you know, um, it's not like half of it's good or just a little bit more than half. You know, the grand majority of it is just all awesome stuff. So, Eric, speaking about more awesome stuff, we got to get to your top three. What is your number three pick? Number three is Still Learning. Great song. Great song. Lyrically, it's just, you know, so brutally honest. And I love how she talks about being this powerful yet intimidating person and, you know, swimming in green, so to speak, you know, having all this power, all this money. And, you know, not being able to catch a break even with all of that success just because, you know, others are intimidated by her. And, you know, if anything, I think this song captures the essence of the album and the fact that she's still a work in progress. She, you know, is is still figuring things out. She's still in transition. She's still recovering. But, you know, everything's going to be okay. You know, I really love that that's the message of the song. And I just love how brutal, how brutally honest her lyrics are, as they tend to be on this entire album. Yeah, Still Learning is definitely a standout track on this album. And I would agree with you that the essence of the album is, in fact, that song. So I understand why you chose it for your top five. And how about you? What's your number three? My number three would be the first single off of this album, the song that John Mayer was congratulating Halsey about, and that is Without Me. Very nice. Great song. I will say this song was played into the ground about two years ago now, but it is just that good that it had to make my top five list because it doesn't matter how many times it's played, 
it still feels like I'm hearing it for the first time when I play it. I love the song lyrically. I love the song sonically. And this single-handedly was the song that really is going to change Halsey's career, if not already changed her career, just based off of this song. So this song was a huge mark in her career, and I think that you can't have a top five without including this song, in my personal opinion. So Without Me, fantastic song, love it lyrically, and I think this is also another, like I said with Graveyard, extremely relatable track. This is definitely one of the parts on the album where I felt the most pained for her. Yeah. Because unless you've been through it, you know, you'll never know the pain of going out of your way for someone, you know, um, doing something for them, even if it takes a toll on you. And then, you know, they don't even give you the time of day after that, or they just completely do a 180 on you. I mean, that's about one of the most painful things that anybody can do to you. And again, you know, to have to put that on a record for everybody to hear, you know, that's really brave and it's not something anybody would just do just like that. So I love her for being that honest, but I also love her for not letting that destroy her. All right, Eric. So what made your second spot for your top five? 929. Great, great closer. Great closer to the album. Yeah, I... I, It's like slam poetry. Honestly, it's like... the perfect way to describe it, actually. Yeah, and it's like just one giant uh, stream of consciousness in a song. Yeah, and I think that's what I loved about it. I think this is the most honest she's been on the entire album and I love that that's, ever really and I love that that's what she closed with I mean wow you know I I think you could hear that one song and just with that you'll know who Halsey is Halsey the artist Halsey the person and it really just again this is the song that really just does a great job of walking you through a day in her life and you know teaching you what it's like to be here from the minute she wakes up till the moment she you know ends her day and wow, you know, it's, you know, I've heard honesty in a bunch of songs, but it's rare to hear honesty like this. To me, that song represents not Halsey, the musician, but Ashley, the human being. And that's what makes the track so endearing. And that window into her life is just something that is so you you have to just respect it. You have to respect her honesty and you have to respect the fact that she really just put everything out on the line regardless of the reception of it. And yeah, I think that's a great track. Great pick. And even in that song, she makes it obvious that, you know, the walls she puts around her are a predominant theme because, you know, she's like, you know, she starts out the song by saying she was born on... 929 but then towards the end he's like actually i lied i was born on this date because i'm an effing liar and so that further drives home the point of you know wanting to be honest wanting to show the world who you are but having to have those walls as yeah a, as a necessary evil you yeah know? it was a time it was the time of her birth she thought that she was born at 929 
on 929, which would be September 29th. And then it turns out that she wasn't. I think she was, it was like a three minute difference or something. And uh, yeah, I love that part. It's just the little things actually that mean the most and that stand out on tracks like that. Just the little intricacies because you listen to it and you feel like you know her as a human being, as a person. And it's just one of those things that draw you more to her personally. And shout out to her for making this the closer to the album. You know, I'm I'm a sucker for album closers. I love it when an album ends on on a note where even long after the song is over, you're still thinking about it. You know, I love it when an album ends on a bang, you know. Very rarely do I like it when an album ends on a quiet note. You know, for for an album to end quietly, it has to really matter to me. It can't be something underwhelming. But ideally, when albums end the way this one did, it's uh, it's always a plus. So how about you? What's your number two? For my second spot, I chose 3AM. Great song. I knew that had to be somewhere in your top five just because, you know. Why do you say that? Because we've discussed other songs like that before, I feel. Like, for example, Seven Rings. Yeah. I kind of feel like there's a parallel between them, and that was one of your favorites, if I remember correctly. Yes, it uh, was. Also check out that episode, Ariana Grande. <laughs> you're, you're on fire <laughs> today. Um <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, I figured if if Lisa loved Seven Rings, she's damn sure going to love 3AM. And I was right. I mean, it's a great song. 3AM is a complete adrenaline rush of a song. I love it lyrically. I love, you want to talk about raw emotion. Wow. 3AM is a song that I have been playing on repeat since the album came out and honestly there was a lot of songs that I had to go and listen through time and time again to fully absorb everything and to you know come to a conclusion how I feel about it but 3am was just instantaneous for me and I think this song really speaks to just you know the kind of stuff we engage in the risky behaviors we engage in you know sometimes we don't we it's don't relatable you know we don't do it because you know we want attention per se we don't do it just for the sake of doing it or because we can we do it because sometimes that's the only way we know how to deal with something that is attacking us in that moment you know and what i love about this song is that it debunks the reasons why we do these things you know um you 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 look at us in engaging in risky behaviors and you know people are quick to judge they're like oh this person is this this person is that, or this person has problems. Well, you're damn right. You know, everybody's got, you know, problems. And, <laughs> you know, if if this is the best way we can find to deal with it, you know, then that's what it is. But, you know, don't ever assume, you know, someone's doing something just for the hell of it or, or anything like that. You know, it, there's way more underneath the surface than that. Please, you guys, if you don't listen to any other song on this album, please take the time to go listen to 3AM. It is a certified banger. I love this song to death. I can talk and go on and on about it, but we still have our number ones to get to. So with that being said, what took your top spot, your most favorite song on Manic by Halsey? My number one goes to Graveyard. Excellent. Excellent choice. So we both had Graveyard on our list, but Graveyard made your number one. Why did it take the top spot? You know, it was the first song that I heard off of this album. My good buddy sent it to me one night. And like you said, I mean, wow. Who hasn't 
related to this song. It is a great song. I think this is another one of those songs where you can put it on a midnight drive and it'll feel really awesome to listen to. The beat is awesome. The lyrics are awesome. You know, I think this is, you know, just one of those perfect songs that truly define Halsey and will define her for a long time to come. And I think the reason why I love this song so much is because it broke away from the sound that I thought was Halsey's signature sound. It just kind of opened up and it opened up a new sound for her. And I was like, wow, I really like this. And, you know, that's ultimately uh, what helped me listen to the rest of the album. You know, I figured if I like this, I'm sure I'll like the rest of that, you know? Excellent, excellent, excellent choice, Eric. I love your entire top five picks. There isn't a song that you picked that I was like, eh, yeah, okay. But no, every song that you picked on your top five holds a very special place. And I can completely understand why you chose what you chose. This time it really does hold a special place. It's not simply because, oh, we like the beat of this song or we like the lyrics or whatever. You know, um, there's an emotional weight to each one and we each relate to the songs in a different way. So you're definitely not kidding when you say that uh, these songs hold special places on our lists. So how about you? What is your number one? What takes the reigning top spot? Could you even take a guess, even if you wanted to? Oh, my God. (laughs) No idea. No idea? I mean, I'll try it just for the hell of it. I'm probably wrong. Go for it. Go for it. It makes it a little bit more interesting. If you're listening right now, before I say it, take a guess. To figure out what is my number one on Manic. Take a guess. Well, they're all great songs, but this is just a hunch. Um, Ashley? Nope. What was it? My number one spot, my top favorite, my most favorite song on Manic is Finally Slash Beautiful Stranger. Nice. Very good song. And the reason why I chose that for my top spot is because throughout this entire album, you have songs about heartbreak, you have songs about self-doubt, you have songs about sexuality, you have songs about human interaction. I think the reason why I chose this song is because Halsey has never made a straight out love song before. There has always been kind of a catch or a hint of sarcasm or a subtle dig throughout songs that were romantic, and there's never just been a straight-up love song from Halsey. And this song is so simple and so stripped down and slow-paced, and it kind of slows everything down in the context of the album. It's just a nice breath of fresh air and a nice breather in between maybe some of the harder hitting material. And the reason why I chose it ultimately as my number one is because I'm a mush and I am a hopeless romantic. And this is one of those songs where you just automatically listen to it and fall in love. And you listen to the song And the first person that comes to your mind while listening to this song, just, you know, it's one of those songs where when you're in love, you can listen to it and then that person will come into your mind and it just, 
I don't know, puts those emotions into play. And it's just such a nice, sweet love song. And it's just very genuine. And even though it's the most, probably the most simple song on the entire album, for me, it was the ultimate standout track because of that factor. That's so awesome. And, you know, it's, I love that you say that, that compared to other love songs, whereas she was more sarcastic or something like that, this is a straight up love song all through and through, you know, and that speaks further to the whole putting up walls, you know, that she's done before. She's allowed herself to have this moment, you know, the eye of the storm, so to speak, where she's allowed to just breathe and talk about a person that, you know, really has her. Even in the song itself, through the lyrics, she expresses that by saying, I think it's finally safe for me to fall. And just to that point of her letting her guard down and putting her faith into that other person to be there to catch her. I think it's so beautiful. I love it. And that is why I had to pick it as my number one top favorite song off of Manic because I'm a hopeless romantic, Eric. Okay. Sue me. Listen, you're, uh, you're preaching to the choir. here. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric, five to one, round off your list one more time. Clementine, you should be sad. Still learning 929 and Graveyard. And mine, five to one, was Clementine, Graveyard, Without Me, 3 a.m. And my number one was Finally Slash Beautiful Stranger. Can't go wrong with any of them. Yes, completely agree. So there you have it, you guys. Those were our thoughts on Halsey's third record, Manic. What a wild ride it was from start to finish. A great record. I'm telling you, Eric, January drops this January have been so strong that it's really going to make our year endless for 2020 that much harder once we get there. I know, like... Can you even imagine what the rest of the year is going to bring? It's it's intimidating, but it's exciting at the same time. I cannot wait because 2020 is starting out insanely strong. And with that, you guys, we want to know how you felt about Halsey's third record, Manic. Did you love it? Did you enjoy it? What are some of your favorite tracks? What's your least favorite? How does it hold up compared to her two previous releases? We want to know it all, you guys. So head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned for our next episode.